Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I want to speak to you this morning on living in freedom and in uh, living in victory as well. Obviously, the two, the two go together there. And how many of us know that we have, that we already have the freedom in Christ? He has already given us the freedom. But yet so many of us still live in bondage. So many of us still live like we haven't got the freedom, like we haven't been given the freedom. And um, that's been laid on my heart this morning to share with you. We have a little boy. Well, we actually, we, we, have, um, we have three beautiful children. And uh, I have a, a, an older son as well. But um, our three little ones are scattered about the country, actually, at the moment. Um, the youngest one and, um, and my eldest daughter is up in Derby, where we're going back to after on Monday. And uh, our little boy, Levi, he is uh, two, just over two, is he? <laughs> He's just over two. Um, absolute bundle of joy. Bless him. But he hates being restrained absolutely hates it he's in the pram if you bring him into the meeting he's in the pram i lead worship back in our church in in tall bay down in the southwest and my wife nina's there with levi in the pram and all i can hear and see is levi shouting and screaming because he wants to be set free from this pram and he's just buckling up and he's moving around like this because but he's restrained and he hates being restrained in this in this pram but you you don't really want to let them loose too too soon on in the meeting because there'll be uh, all sorts of issues going on. Last week he was throwing cars into the baptism, and um, he had a, a another rattle thing off another child that he just launched into space, and it was just about to fall in the water. And thankfully somebody stopped that from happening. So um, toy cars, <laughs> yeah, not real cars. He's not that strong. So, but he hates being restrained. And physically, we all would hate being strapped in, kept, kept in like this. It's just not a natural, not a natural thing. Um, and when I passed my driving test, there was a sense of freedom years ago. Obviously talking a very long... Actually, incidentally, I've just been looking at, we're looking at this picture of me um, advertising tonight at the, um, the Costa place. Now, if you've all seen that picture before, you were probably expecting some young bloke <laughs> to be coming in. That picture was taken about 20 years ago, so uh, do, uh, do forgive me if you sort of turn up and think he's not young. Um, so, but anyway, carrying on. So when I passed my driving test, there was freedom. Like I said, it's about uh, quite, well, quite a long time ago now. And I wasn't restrained to one place. I could just do what I want. I could get up, go where I want in my car. And it was just incredible. The freedom was just there. And, um, and the same when I first left home. There was no more having to be in at nine o'clock at night. No more nagging from my mum about tidying my room. Mind you, I get it from Nina now instead. But, um, <laughs> and uh, no more having to wear knitted jumpers. Now, is there any ladies here who knit for, for your children? Okay, well, that's good. That's a good thing. 
<laughs> my mum used to knit, but she used to do it with the itchiest wool that she could possibly find. And I would be red raw, and I'd have to wear it because it would seriously offend her if I didn't. And it wasn't because we were poor or anything like that. I thank God that he blessed us. But it was, um, I think she just liked doing it. I think she liked inflicting pain on me and my brother. Um, and I, I'm very grateful that was all she knitted. No undergarments or anything like that. That would have been very nasty. But I just, <laughs> but no more wearing these jumpers. Do you take that jumper off? You Believe me, you experience freedom. But you know, there's a lot of Christians, like all of us here, who love God, love the Lord with all of our heart, with everything, and we give him everything. But we're still enslaved in bondage. We're still not living the life that, that God intended us to live. And slavery could mean all sorts of things. You could be a slave to sin. We could be a slave to the past. You could be a slave to sickness in your body. You could be a slave to addictions. You could be a slave to various, various things. Paul wrote in Galatians 5 verse 1. I'm reading this from uh, this particular passage from the message version. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Never let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. So we are set free. But there is possibility that if we allow it, other people could put us back into bondage. And our thoughts and our actions and stuff like this. As I was preparing this as well, I just felt God speaking to me about somebody here. And I believe that there's someone here who has had something spoken over their life. And it may be years ago, it may be recent, but I believe that someone's had something spoken over your life. And you were told that you'd never amount to anything. We're going to pray later on today and we're going to break chains because that is not what God wants that is not what God has got for your life the reason you're here today is because God wanted you here he wanted you on this planet he wanted you in this church and any words that have ever been spoken over you negatively are wrong do not accept them do not accept them Mighty God. Christ died for us so that we might have eternal life. A life of freedom. He set us free so that we can live a free life. In my job, um, I work for a roofing company. And we work in, on industrial roofs. And I have to work, a lot of the time I'm working probably 50, 60 foot in the air. Dangling off a cherry picker or something like that. Which, is, which is, can be quite unpleasant sometimes. Um, but when I'm working in one of these baskets or hanging out a crane or something like that, I wear a harness. Now the harness is, it's a, it's a restraint. So it's designed to stop me going too far. So if I'm walking around on a roof itself, I have to wear a harness with what you call a lanyard, which clips onto a man safe system. And it's designed to stop me falling off a roof, which I'm very happy about. And you adjust the level of, your, of, of your, the, the lanyard so that you can't walk past a certain distance. So if I tripped up, it would stop me. And I wouldn't be able to fall off a, 
50-foot building, which is absolutely brilliant. I'm very, very pleased with that idea. But there could well be some of us here this morning who are wearing a harness, and it's stopping you from walking too far in God. It's restricting you, and you've actually set that harness yourself, or other people have, over your life. And what it's doing, it's stopping you from getting any further on in God, and it's stopping you from enjoying your life. God never intended us to be strapped in. He gave us free will. God gave us free will. He never intended, if, if that was the case, if God didn't want us to do our own thing, to be walking around, then he wouldn't have given us free will. And he would have called the shots and said, right, this is how far you go. You don't go any further than that. And we wouldn't physically be able to. But we've got the choice whether we want to keep walking with God, whether we want to break through, break out of this um, slavery, if you want to call it that, break out of this situation that may be over some of our lives. It's not God's intention for us to be enslaved in bondage at all. So we need to let go of the past is a big thing. We need to let go of the sin, let go of our hurts, and we need to speak freedom over our lives and believe that freedom can come to us. And obviously, you know, ultimately, Christ has given us the freedom. When he died on the cross, he gave us a gateway to him. He gave us freedom. His love has set us free. There's liberty. You know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is here. There's no doubt about that. The Spirit of the Lord is in this church living in each one of you here. And there is liberty. You see, we need to, freedom is a gift from God as well, I believe. And we need to accept that gift. So we've got it, but the freedom is there for us to take. But if we're not going to accept it, then we're not going to have it. If somebody offers you a gift and you don't take that gift from them and say, look, I want to bless you, Pete. I want to give you this. But if Pete doesn't take that off of me, he will not experience what's in that gift, what's in that box, as it were. So this morning, Christ has already got the freedom for us. It is there for us to take. It's there for us to accept. It's there for us to declare over our lives. But if we don't reach out and say, thank you, God, I'm having that, then we're not going to experience it. Because if we haven't taken it, we don't know what it is. We don't know what it is to experience freedom. You've only got to look at... You see, nobody can achieve the victory for us. We've got to do it ourselves. Like I've already said, Christ has obviously got the victory for us. But there's nobody in this room who can get the victory for me, who can claim the victory for me, and I cannot claim it for any of you guys. It has to be ourselves to actually step out and take hold of that victory you look at the at the olympics obviously the one a minute unfortunately i had to turn it down they did ask me to go but i said i've got to preach an engagement so i can't i can't be doing the 1500 meters for you <laughs> i mean you know that's a lie um 
But those guys who have won gold medals, and incidentally, Great Britain won a lot of gold medals yesterday. Okay, not so keen on that then. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, those guys who won the gold medals, and the girls who won the gold medals, or bronze or silver, they got the victory. But the only way they got that is by hours and hours of training and hard work. Nobody got the medal for them. They had to get it themselves. They had to put the effort in. They had to do the training. They had to do the diets. They had to do all of the stuff that it took to get them to the place where they needed to be. See, basically, the, the, the prize was already theirs. They just had to step up to the mark and take it. Obviously, they had trainers and stuff like that. But again, you know, we've got the best trainer in the world. But we need to, if we want to see freedom, we need to be reading the word of God. We need to be spending time in the presence of God in prayer. We need to pray scriptures over our lives. We need to declare freedom over our lives. You know, the power of words is is absolutely incredible. I won't go into it too much because uh, I spoke on this a while ago somewhere else, but um, just looking at the power of words, and it's something I think sometimes we don't quite realize, and we need to declare God's word over our life. We need to declare the scriptures over our life. We need to declare the freedom of Christ over our lives every day. Just because we do it on a Monday, that doesn't mean we don't need to do it for the rest of the week. Every day. Because the enemy doesn't sleep either. So he's out to get us as and when he can. And if he sees us being strong, he obviously doesn't like that. But as soon as we put our guard down, he'll throw something in again to try and make us even, you know, to push us down even more. But we don't need to worry about that. Because we serve the ultimate God. But we do need to do the work to put the work in, to keep ourselves in mind with God, with what God wants for us. See, the other thing is as well is, is if we struggle with a particular sin or something every day, let's say there's, there's something that you really can't do every day, you're really struggling with. Um, let me suggest this. Every morning when you wake up, offer your body as a living sacrifice to God. Because if you do that, you will be reminded when you're just about to do something perhaps you know you shouldn't be doing or say something you know you shouldn't be saying or going somewhere you shouldn't be going, you'll be reminded, I believe, because in the morning, as soon as you woke up, you offered your body as a living sacrifice and it makes it that much more difficult to do what you shouldn't be doing or say what you shouldn't be doing because you've already made that sacrifice to God in the morning. See what I mean? Just a... Something which may help us all from time to time. But let's get into the habit of speaking scriptures over our lives and declaring God's freedom over our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I've already shared that one this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Guys, these are some of the scriptures that we can declare over our lives every single day. They're only short. It's not not necessarily that hard to memorize. 
And even if we can't memorize them, that's fine. Just write them down. Write down a list of scriptures that fit what you want to say. There isn't, one, there isn't anything that isn't in the Bible that you can't find. Sorry, there isn't anything that you're going through that you can't find in the Bible. Put it that way around. So if there is a scripture for every situation, for every circumstance. And let's not forget when Jesus died on the cross, he went through every single thing that we've gone through and that we're going through. So he knows, he knows the pains, the hurts, the struggles, the temptations. Um, John, sorry, Romans 6 verse 18. And having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. That's the type of slavery that I want to be in. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's John eight thirty two. There's there's just simply hundreds of scriptures that we can use to declare over our lives. Galatians five one. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The other thing that bondage or slavery takes away is our joy and laughter. Now we don't want. The laughter being taken away. There's a lot of laughter in us, this church, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, I've been to a few churches where people struggle to laugh. God wants us to be happy, you know? It never intended us for, to, to sit here like a bunch of... Jesus. He never... He wants us to be laughing. He wants us to enjoy life. It's not ungodly to have fun in the presence of God, providing what we're laughing about is obviously a godly thing. My goodness, what would life be like if we took away the laughter, if we took away the joy? God did not intend us to go through stress or bondage or slavery or being depressed or worried or sad or joyless. That's not God's intentions for our lives. So if you've come in this morning and you're really struggling with some of these things, then today you can be set free. Because there's liberty in this house. There is liberty. And we can be set free. And we need to learn to laugh again. Now you do a lot of it here, which is good, like I've already said. But how much laughter is in our homes? With the stress of life, the finances, the kiddies, waking you up at three in the morning, bless them. Ours, in fact, doesn't wake us up at three in the morning. He just stays in our bed from six at night until three in the morning. <laughs> you, you, you do fight it for a while, but you give up after a while. Just whatever. Do what you want. I don't care anymore. <laughs> don't care anymore. Proverbs seventeen twenty two says this. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So if you're feeling a bit sad... Here's some more scriptures for you to declare over your lives. Job 8, 21. Now, this guy had every reason, in my opinion, to be pretty miserable. He had everything taken away from him. This is before he knew that he was going to get everything back more so than he ever had before. He will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. I want that over my life. 
I want laughter. I want joy. I want happiness. Psalm 126 verse 2. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. It's time to laugh again. It's time to bring back joy into our families, into our homes, into our workplaces. We're the light of our workplaces. And if we can't make our friends laugh, who are you laughing at? I didn't even send it on his feet, is it? Okay. If we can't bring the joy into our workplaces, then it's a poor job. We may not, we may not be a naturally funny person, okay? So not everybody can just walk in and, 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 you know. But just our personalities, just the light and love of God shining through us should be enough to light up where we work, where we go to school, where we go to college. People need to know there's something different about us. There is a joy, there's a smile on that person's face. Even if you've just had to pay a bill for 700 pounds, God knows our every need. You know, we can still be happy, we can still smile. If you see me doing this, by the way, it's probably because my wife's looking at me going like that, saying I've got white bits at the end of my... Every now and then they look at it, she's going... Let me just have a quick drink, just in case it's too dry. This will all be revealed, by the way. Nothing to worry about except for Phil. There's also, you know, for, for some of you here, it has actually been a long time since you really felt a deep joy, a deep sense of fun and laughter in your life. And I believe this morning we're going to see that, we're going to see that completely change. We're going to see circumstances change this morning. One more scripture we can declare every single day we, we wake up. This is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Perfect scripture. Even if that's the only one you can remember. Every morning before, as soon as you open your eyes, your brain's kind of blank. Well, mine is most of the day actually. But as soon as I open my eyes, your, your brain's blank. So before you, if you can, think of scriptures, think of stuff to declare of your lives before your head stinks. Hang on a minute, you should be worrying about this. Because it does, it sort of kicks in and reminds you. Because this morning I woke up and all was good and I'm praying and, and thinking about what we're doing. And I got down to the car, as soon as I saw the car, it reminded me that I'm probably going to get a speeding fine come through the post. <laughs> I was only about one mile an hour over, but this light flashed, I thought, oh no. But your, your brain sort of kicks in and tells you stuff to bring you down. To remind you of things that you have to do or that you should have done or that you should be doing or hang on a minute, you shouldn't be laughing because you're going to the dentist later on. <laughs> so you're sort of reminded of stuff. So the first thing we can do is to declare that this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. On the way to work every day, I've usually got about a 45-minute drive, something like that. And what I try and do every single day is to thank God. The first thing I do when I get in the car, I try and make sure I thank God. But I don't just do, thank you, Lord, for everything, amen, moving on. Um, that is not enough. Look at the things that God has blessed us with. Even in our heart, you know, even in the times of stress and strife and trouble, God is still blessing us. He's still with us. 
And every day I thank God. And I, I, I almost run through a list, not just because, it, but it's because I need to remember that I need to thank God for certain things. And I will thank God from everything from financial blessings down to um, having a new tire put on my car. You know, it's, there's just so many things. And I'll thank God for my family. I'll thank him for my children, for my parents. I'll thank him for my house. I thank him for my car. I thank him for my job. I thank him for my friends. And I will just go through this list, thanking God on the way to work. And I'll tell you what, the, the main thing I thank him for is the favor of God on my life. And every day, I'll declare the favor of God on my life. And sometimes I used to think, you know, God will bless us with something, and I thank God for it, and I declare God's favor, and I think, well, hang on a minute, it's almost like you're being a bit greedy. But, you know, God wants to bless us. And I believe, for me personally anyway, the more I thank God, the more he wants to bless me. Our God is gracious, so don't get me wrong, I know that if we haven't thanked God, I know that he's not going to not bless us, okay? Because we serve a gracious God. But I do believe that God wants us to say thank you to him. I do believe he's waiting for us to say, God, I want to thank you for that. You've really blessed me and I love you. If a friend, you know, if, if Phil wanted to give me some money and he gave me 100 pounds, that's a prophecy, by the way, um, and he gave me... A hundred pounds, let's make it 200. And he gave me this money, and I took the money and went on my merry way. And I didn't say thank you. Do you think Phil would actually give me anything else ever again? He might do because he's a nice guy. But um, generally speaking, you would be reluctant to give anybody anything, wouldn't you? Because you think you're ungrateful. You wouldn't want to give them any more money. Or, or clothes, or, or whatever it might be. And if they just took that and cleared off, then you're going to think, no, you know what, no. But it's like, when I give my children something, if I give them something and they come out and say, thank you, daddy, give me a cuddle, give me a kiss, or whatever, it makes me want to bless them again. The other side is, like I've already said, even if they haven't been particularly good, I still want to bless my children. So God still wants to bless us, but I want to bless them more if they've been good and they're thanking me and they, they're, they're giving me a cuddle and saying, thanks, Dad, for that. That makes me want to give them more. So it's just food for thought, really. That, that it is important that we thank God for every single thing. I do it on the way to work. That's a perfect time for me when I'm on my own. No one giving me grief. Um, no, nobody from work giving me hassles or anything like that. I can do it when I'm on my own before I pick up my work colleague. And um, perfect time for me. So everybody else, it might be different. You may find it easier in the evening, in the afternoon. Some of you work may work night shifts. So, so again, we're all, we're all different. There is no set time when we need to do this. But as a family, I've had so many blessings. I'm not saying our life is always sailing through but we've had a lot of blessings and you know looking back on some of the things that God has given to us is just absolutely mind-blowing and you may be going through a situation at the moment and you think I can't see the end of this but when you actually look back on some of the other stuff you've gone through you can see the path that God's taken you I mean there's there's times um when I needed some money for a, um, some bill or something or I can't remember quite what it was and I was just really praying and declaring God's favor and stuff over our lives. And I had a check come through the post. 
for almost exactly the right amount. It was about £400, and it was almost exactly the right amount of money for what I needed for this bill. And it was from um, O2, actually. How many of you know that O2 never gives you any money back? So that was definitely from the Lord. Um, they reckon I overpaid by 400-odd quid. I would have thought I would have known that, but thank God. <laughs> so that covered that bill, and that was just amazing. It was just a small thing, but it was a really incredible blessing. It's something we worry about. Everybody worries about things like money. And another blessing as well as um, needed somebody again for, for another bill. And I had um, one of them PPI insurance things come back, and they gave me over 600 pounds. Praise the Lord. So that paid for that. And we needed car tax. And in our life group, somebody, um, somebody blessed us with money for car tax. So it's just, just a constant blessing. And there's times, yeah, we're still going to be stressed out, but God knows what we need. And it's not just a case of he'll give us what we need, but he'll give us often what we want as well. Because he wants to bless us. He wants to, I'm going to have to shoot along. Okay, Phil. Do you want to come up here, mate? Reluctantly, he kind of roughly knows what I'm going to do. Do you want to come on the platform, mate? So, the last time, the last time I heard Gaffer Tape mentioned today is in Peter's story when there were lots of boxes and something was taped inside it. No, you're not going in a box. No, you're right. <laughs> Can you roll your sleeves up? Um, <laughs> if we need freedom, yet we spend our time away from God, then can we really expect to live in freedom? So if we want to see freedom in our lives, yet we're not spending time in the presence of God, we're not thanking him, we're not praying, we're not seeking the face of the Lord, we're not reading God's word, can we really expect to be living in freedom? Right, okay, this is what we're going to do. If you put your hands like that, mate. Okay, I won't do it very tight. He's a very hairy man. Although, this has to be done. <laughs> I have to do this, so it just needs to show you what... See which hairs the now, ladies. Do you have to pull it the way of the hairs go or the the opposite direction? Whoa. You're taking great joy in this, aren't you? Not as much as me. Um, right. So Phil starts. Phil's going to start moaning and grumbling. Okay. So you just start moaning about stuff in life. Mm, okay. So Phil's having a good moan. We well, tend to find, and when we start to really sort of start whinging about stuff and looking at life in a very different perspective and thinking about all of the rubbish we're going through. And, we, you know, our day or even our week could start off with having a whinge about, um, about a job. And then from there it can snowball. And what you find by the end of the week, you're in slavery. Because all we've done is moan and grumbled. Sorry, I'm not deliberately pushing hard on your hairs. Um, all we've done is moaned and grumbled and whinged all week long. And what that's doing is it's pulling us back. We're not experienced freedom. So all of our thoughts are going to be about um, stuff which, which is pulling us back rather than helping us to go forward in life. Um, so 
play us a worship song, mate. Can you pick it up at all? Right, you can pick it up a little bit. What you find when we're in bondage, we can still do stuff, but not to the ability that we're supposed to. So you're still going through life, you're still ambling along, but you're not actually doing to your full potential what we can be doing. So Phil can still pick his guitar up, but he can't play us into the presence of God. We can't worship because he's tied up. He's enslaved. So he's not able to do what physically he should be able to do. So then what happens? He wants to get out of this. So we start to pray, we start to seek the face of God. And sure enough, as soon as we do this, we will start to see things happen. And sometimes, oh, that is going to work, isn't it? I'm going to go with the hairs, well, I'm not going to be horrible. Should I do it slowly? Will it really hurt if I do it slow? It's right, Nina, it'll be all right. Um, sometimes when we're praying, sometimes when we're praying, we do... Oh, that's why I didn't take any. I'm going to have to do that again. Sometimes when we pray and when we want to get out of situations, you do experience a bit of pain. And it is hard. That was a stupid attempt to show you pain. Um, and it is hard sometimes. But you've got to, we've got to persevere. And the more we pray, the more we seek the face of God, you will slowly see the chains being broken. You will see... Freedom. That's big. I'll let you take that off. But <laughs> now this is where you experience the pain when you're trying to get right out of the bondage. <laughs> okay, let's help you here. I'm going to help him here. <laughs> you need to cut it because there's no way I can do that. It's all right. It's coming. See, it's all right. It's all right. He's all right. Bless him. <laughs> this one might not be. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Bless you, buddy. I'm sorry. Now, I would, have, um, I would have chosen somebody else, but I don't know everybody here, so you might have punched me or something. Whereas I know Phil loves me to bits. See, so he understands what I was going to do. <laughs> but you see what I mean? I know it's a, just a silly sketch, but it's, it's just to show us that we can get out of this if we want to. The freedom is there, but it's up to us. And by, by praying our way through, by by reading scriptures over our life, declaring the word of God, declaring the favor of God, declaring freedom, you will see chains being broken. But we can't expect to see that if we're not doing anything about it. It won't happen. If the athletes wanted to win a gold medal, yet they eat McDonald's every day, the wife's smiling at me like I'm a McDonald's eater. Um... If, we, if, if the athletes at McDonald's every single day didn't bother exercising, getting out of bed until 12 o'clock, do you really think they would have come home with a gold medal? Or any medal? Not at all. So we have to put the effort in. We have to put the effort in to see freedom in our lives. You know, the, the sad thing is there are still people in this world who are literally still in slavery. And I'm not talking spiritually, I'm talking physically still in slavery in in certain countries around the world. We are so blessed here, friends.
we are so, so blessed as a country, as a city. Let me just read you this. World Press Review paints a picture of contemporary slavery in a nation. Men, women, and children in shackles and chains hack at sugar canes as the midday sun beats down. Armed guards swing rifle butts into the ribs of workers caught slacking. The prisoners are given only water and grain for food. When darkness falls, the men are dragged to a clearing and chained to trees for the night. Women usually sleep alone with a child in makeshift sheds. At dawn, the men and women and children are kicked away, uh, sorry, kicked awake. Then the misery of the former day is repeated. This is going on in our country. This is going on, sorry, in our country. This is going on in our world. There is still slavery. And in fact, there is still slavery in this country with, with human trafficking and things like that. And it's very, it's very sad to know that this still goes on. According to another magazine, a Geneva-based international labor organization reports that tens of millions of people around the globe, including children as young as six, are working in bondage in dangerous and degrading conditions that often involve 18-hour workdays, beatings, and sexual abuse. This is still in the world we live in. It's very, very, very sad. It still happens. But what I wanted to say, these people have no choice they have no choice about being in slavery. They are forced into slavery every single day. We have a choice. And I thank God for my freedom every day. Yet we so often spend our days moaning and whinging and griping and and I know that's kind of life and it's, it's, but we spend a lot of time thinking about the negative stuff when we really should be focusing on what God has got for us and what God has intended for us as well. A few years ago, my dad had a couple of strokes, a couple of major strokes, and he's, he's had a couple of minor ones since as well. Um, and he's, he's still able to walk around. His speech is a little bit slurred. Um, but he, he could be sitting down every day in a chair doing nothing else but that. But he chose not to do that. And he's got a, we've got a, he's got a garage at the side of his house. And he just potters around in his garage making stuff out of wood and, and doing things for different people. But he's moving around and he's doing something. And never once in my entire life have I ever, ever heard my dad moan. Never heard him grumble about anything. Um, yet he just gets on with it. Now, if he sat there and he was, he was having a bit of a gripe about stuff, then the chances are he wouldn't be experiencing the, the freedom, even though he's had a stroke, the freedom that he's got now. He could choose to sit in a chair, not move, not do anything, and then he would be a completely enslaved to his situation, to his circumstances. So, what I really wanted... I just desperately want us to understand that we have got freedom in Christ. 
that we don't have to choose to stay in any form of bondage or slavery or anything like that. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.